pick it up because we can edit whatever that middle piece out and can i get a can i get a fresh intro though yeah all righty okay i need i need i need i need to be looped up Ooh, fancy all right welcome everybody this is gamer id i'm your host steve vixen joined by me are doug and merrick why don't you take it away matt hey everybody uh my name is merrick but y'all can call me matt a uh, little bit about myself. I'm a big animation nerd. I just want to talk about cartoons and spooky things. Like, that's honestly where my brain ping-pongs most of the day. So, yeah. How about you, Doug? Everyone, I'm Doug. Um, I can pretty much talk about anything. Gaming, movies, anime, manga. Uh, how we can go even go into politics. That's how far my fucking brain goes. No. Uh, Nope, we are not going there. Okay. We still love you. This is a safe space. But no. We're going to keep this podcast a safe place for all you guys's. Guys's. <laughs> for everybody. For everybody. All you uh, guys, gals, and theys. Bitches and hoes and non-binary bros. Yeah. Actually, that came from an anime. It comes from the dub of Skate, which is like the gay anime of last season because the two main characters just they had such a really strong bond. So, like, I had to use it, had to say it. Um, but before I continue going on a tangent, why don't we all kind of break away, kind of say what we want to do or what we hope to accomplish with Gamer ID and what we are about? Um, Matt, why don't you take it away? Honestly, I'm just I'm just here for a conversation with y'all. Like, I'm here to have a good time. I want to talk about cartoons and I I like I want to dive into that shit, you know? Like, we we've had some really deep dives into that and I want more of that. Um, you know, make this a a queer space for us to um discuss all the weird things that, you know, we think about as queer people. Um, I want us to talk about Pokemon, the ones we want to befriend, the ones that we want to, you know, befriend. Um, just, just that weird stuff. Um, for me, a good conversation is one that's akin to getting lost in a cornfield. Or at least that's where I wind up in a conversation. But, like, yeah, let's just scream and fangirl and be a little bit psycho, but, like, in a cute way. That's what I want. <laughs> That that last bit was adorable. Um, I think that's kind of what we all want, though. How about you, Doug? What do you expect to get? Free with Matt. I would like us to dive into different topics, share our opinions. You know, I would like the audience to pretty much escape, enjoy our topics, enjoy our debates, enjoy, enjoy our different, our fun. Our fun, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say enjoy our fun voices. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Fine. Go ahead, Steve. Well, I guess, I guess at least last and best me all alone by myself. Oh. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm obviously the drama queen here, guys. You're welcome. Um, 
I think I just kind of, I want to have fun with it. I want to have some good conversations, much like the both of you. But um, I'm actually looking to try and practice. Uh, one thing you guys will know, or one thing that you can hear, is I'm trying to break into somewhat of a voice acting field. So if anybody has pointers or anybody can help out, greatly appreciate it. And if you want to try and do the same thing also, hey, let's do it together. I'm always down for more friends, so let's have fun with it. Let's do it together. It takes two to tango, baby. Wink, wink. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, why don't we uh, start talking about queer shit and start off with Hal Penn coming out? Because um, that, that, I don't want to say it came out of left field because I actually have my own personal interaction with Cal Penn, but that did come out of left field being that he was in the Harold and Kumar series and that is such a big thing um, in the straight community because it's just so raunchy and all over the place and very bro-y. But then you also have, like, Neil Patrick Harris in it, and he is an iconic gay. Uh, what are your guys' take on that? And why don't we start with you, Doug, because uh, you and I had spoke about it a little bit earlier. Threw me off guard there. Um, I don't know. Like, if you were to tell me that you would think he... Uh, that Cal was gay, I would, like, he wasn't part of my radar. I was just, like, like, I guess he fucking definitely dodged that fucking radar because he's been under the public eye for several years now. So well, he, he had that also, shit. I mean, also... do, you, do you remember hearing or reading any stories of him or guys going into his house or anything? No. That's the most impressive part. There's always rumors or something, and never was that name like anybody, you know? And for us as, like, for me as a queer person, I love thinking about, like, what the little details are. Um, And that was, for me, like, I'm not very familiar with him, but, like, I was never, my my gaydar was never pinged. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, he was out of the public eye, and now I'm going to expand upon um, my personal interaction. So, um, what both of you actually don't know is that I used to actually host parties, like New York City themed parties. I was a host for a short period of time, and the second party that I actually host, Lord and behold, guess who shows up at the bar? One of my best friends and I actually do have a story where the two of us were just like, is that who we think it is? Is that who it is? And I actually did go up to him, shake my hand, and, you know, the whole nine yards and everything. He went to the bathroom and never came back. Um, you scared Cal Penn away. Oh, no. <laughs> I totally did, but I am not afraid. I, I am not. Like, it was just one of those. Um, we didn't know, and the two of mm-hmm. us joke about it. When the news broke, that was the first text message that went out because it was like, oh, I can't believe I don't have the picture anymore because it was on one of my old phones. So I'm a little upset about it. But I did meet him at Pieces in New York City circa probably like eight or seven years ago. So 2012, 2013, somewhere in that. Was he hiding? Was he wearing shades or anything like that? Or a hat? That's the funny part. He wasn't. He was out. Like, it didn't matter. I think um, it was kind of like he treated it like a public knowledge, but didn't come out and out himself. He didn't do anything. Like, there was no formal 
thing. So like with Neil Patrick Harris, he had to come out and say, you know, this is my husband, this, that, and the third. With Cal Penn, I think it was just kind of like, I'm just under the radar, I'm going to remain under the radar, and I'm going to date who I want to date and leave it at that. It was actually, it, and to me, that's like one of the coolest things, and I will forever love him as an actor. Um, not so much for that, but that is definitely like bonus, bonus points. Like that trades it from a B to an A in my book because he was so cool about everything. I mean, like, I feel like celebrities coming out at this point, I'm, I'm shocked he did it so, like, at this point. They've been doing this thing well, for a couple of years now. Well, at this point, like, he came out and was like, this is my fiance. We're going to get married. So I, the biggest shock here is like, hey, you've been dating this guy for like seven or eight years. What the fuck? Or I think it was 10 in the article I read. But even so, it's just like, how the hell? Like, the biggest shock factor is how the hell did you keep this out of the news for so long? Rather than, wait, you're gay? If gays can have kids, I'm telling you. Hey, guys, I'm out, and here's my husband with our seven kids. Listen, I would have a farm crew right now. Like, if I could have kids, I'd have one for every week of the year. Every chore on the list. Mm-hmm. That's and some of those not on the list. <laughs> um, um. I would just like to state that there uh, was visible disbelief by both Doug and I, that was visible, not audible. We should uh, press forward, I would say. Let's just hope that going forward, more people don't need to have coming out, so to speak. But something interesting that I read somewhere was that even after coming out, you're going to continue to have, like, coming outs to people. Like, you meet a new person, and you have to be like, oh, I'm gay. And, like... At a certain point, that gets annoying. Just yeah. like, um, like, mind your fucking so, business. <laughs> I don't so know how to now, say it. <laughs> I kind of, I want to pose this for the both of you, and this is a little food for thought. Um, we do have toxic masculinity, and we do have toxic femininity. Uh, what if we have toxic queerity, where we're so overtly gay, we don't allow for people to come out, or we don't allow for that? Um, thoughts? There's certainly a lot of, um, like, gatekeeping and policing in the queer community where where I see it and I'm like, this is not going to want to make people feel comfortable or be a part of it, you know? I, I, I understand and I support that everybody wants something to identify with, but people that are telling us exactly how we have to speak and talk and act and the whole, like, alphabet soup of it is just taking it too far. It's, it's pushing people away in my view. I think the worst is when they find out you're gay and assume that you're, you know, you have all the mainstream gay traits. Like, oh, you can go shopping with me for fucking bras. And that I had an incident like that, and this girl just took me with her to fucking H&M and look at, like, fucking bras and stuff like that. And I'm like, uh, you got the wrong type of gay here. So it's actually funny that you say that because I've been in that predicament and I've just been like, yeah, like that bra fits. That one looks weird. Like it, it's funny that you say that because I've been in the same predicament, but opposite side of that. So I kind of just, this is where I'm going with the conversation. Just 
the different sides of things. Um, I don't think we can stop people from coming out. I don't think it's ever going to change. It's going to be better. It's going to be worse. I think people are going to come out because of the world we're in, because of what everything is happening. And we just have to support people where it is and how it goes. Um, since ever since the the now gender pronouns is kind of overtaking the the battle here, which I'm not gonna lie, sometimes a struggle to match everyone's preferred pronoun because it can get a little difficult. I don't know if anyone shared that experience. Like um, like if you knew someone for so many years, and then all of a sudden they want to be um. They want to change their pronouns to such and such gender. It can be a little bit of a struggle at the beginning before you get used to it, especially in, when, when it's in a work environment, because when your pronouns are they and them, playing it over a mic can be a little difficult. I had a really, I used to work with someone who went by they, them, and this person and I, like, we, we, we got on each other's nerves, but we had these like very sporadic moments of genuine tenderness, which I always made me appreciate this person, even though I didn't want to be around them most of the time. But a couple times when just casually off the cuff, I, I would say, oh, she, they would um, just casually like flip in like they. And if, if it's just sort of a like, calm reminder i think that that is because like no harm is meant just if you casually encourage me to do the right thing my brain is gonna remember it if you shoot me down i'm gonna feel some sort of way and it's not gonna negative reinforcement is not gonna work and i think you'll you'll catch more uh, flies with honey than you will vinegar i agree i agree on both parts because they're so i think the struggle is a very clear tell that you care and you're making changes because nothing's going to change overnight. Rome wasn't Mm -hmm. built in a day. So we do, there is going to be that level of struggle. Um, You know, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. You do have, they will have to tell us, they will have to correct us. And as long as we're not against being corrected, no harm, no foul. Like everything should be good. Just say like, for those of you who are, or are confused about it, Understand that there needs to be a level of patience when it comes to getting it right. Even for even in the gay uh, community, there's still that struggle. We're allies and we're all here for one another. Some of us just need a lot more time than others. And the same way it took you guys time to learn who you are, what you are, and what your gender is. We also need to get acclimated to that. We're not going to change overnight, but we are going to sit here and walk behind you in the parade because we support you 110%. One thing I've learned as I sort of come into myself as a queer person is that it's all a journey. You know, I'm still, even when I thought I understood myself, I'm still continuing. And having conversations with trans friends, watching uh, interviews and reading about it, it, it kind of feels similar in that way, in that it's just always an ongoing process. Nothing nothing happens overnight. It's not like, a, oh, I'm this now. Like, I'm still, for me as a queer person, like, I'm still learning. Um, and I can only imagine what the experience would like to be a, a trans person. It's just, you know, the next level. So it's, it's something to remember that it's it's a journey, you know, like keep moving forward, not um 
I just got lost in a cornfield and I was going to make such a good point too. Man. Give it a little thought. <laughs> Give it a little. Sometimes my brain just stops working. And sometimes it's like, I'm, I'm, I like, I can see where I'm going. Like I see the, I see the end of the maze and I took like the wrong turn and I'm like, oh shit, where am I? That happens to me a lot. It's yeah. like, um, I know the intro of the story. I know the climax and I know the ending, but the details in between sometimes get mixed up. Yeah. I stand by what I said though. Like being a queer person is going to be a journey. It's just something about moving forward and continuing to work towards that that end whatever your your destination may be life is a highway and we're all just driving on it oh hmm <laughs> i'm sorry i had to do it but no life is an adventure we're all gonna you know take turns make side quests do other journeys it's how we navigate the life um, now that we've gone like completely super metal, let's try and change this into something more fun. Um, I want to have laughs and I want joy, Stephen. What do you have for me? Do you have candy? Do you have rainbows? Do you have sparkles? Candy, get in my van, little boy. No thanks. <laughs> my my daddy taught me better. I will never do that voice again. I am so sorry. I think what we should talk about, something that's been um, during on all our thoughts recently, is this new Nintendo Switch Online Pass. I know you all have thoughts. Uh, I have thoughts. Does somebody want to share those thoughts? For me, I actually love that Nintendo went this route. Despite the fact that it seems like it's a bit of a, it's too much of a copy and paste from the actual N64 system rather than an emulator. Because with an emulator, you get to enjoy certain perks, higher frame rates, better resolution quality, those type of things that they could have implemented, but I guess they chose that, why spend any more time? Just give them what they want, just to copy and paste. And that's a bit of an issue because when you're playing the games, when you're looking at the instructions, you're getting them with the N64 in, uh, controller scheme rather than the Switch. And that can be a bit of a problem because I don't know if many of you remember the N64 controller. That monster. Mm-hmm. Well, that actually has caused a little bit of controversy. So now that the emulator is out on Switch and we can play it, the Switch controller does not actually have all of the buttons that the N64 does and so forth, if you don't have the N64 controller, you're going to experience some hard issues going back and playing these games. And it's actually currently sold out, so... um, Yikes. It, yeah, it, it's just been like a massive oversight. They should have remapped the controllers, or they should have remapped the buttons, or just made more production of the N64 controllers, because... A lot of what I'm seeing is just a lot of these games are just unplayable because we no longer have all the buttons that we need to play them. This just feels like a, another a common Nintendo story, like inflated demand because of uh, artificially manipulated supply. 
Why is this why is this such a constant theme? I'm not surprised, but here we are again. We love you, Nintendo, but please do a little better. Give a little effort. That's what we're asking for. Just put some extra energy into it. You've been in the game for so many years. This type of oversight should not exist within your offices now. So I so, don't think it's artificial inflation. I think they really didn't think because you can't really plan for everything. Like they know Nintendo 64 is like one of their best-selling consoles. Um, we pretty much see it every year. However, I think it is just a a gap in the thought process. Just like, oh, I guess we should have done that, and you just didn't. I think there was a rush to roll it out because Nintendo is behind Sony and Microsoft when it comes to their online capabilities. So I do believe there was a rush there. However, this was kind of like, hey, give us more money. We'll give you more stuff. But here's the thing. I I don't think this is a simple oversight. I think it's a massive oversight because how do you interact with the game? There's only one method, your controller. And the controller schemes is a massive part of it. Like this is so basic that even dead companies figure this out. So that's why I'm just I'm I'm puzzled by what the fuck they were thinking. Um, I'm 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 grateful for it. You know, like they can get a they'll get a silver star. They won't get a gold star. It surprises me that a, a corporation as big as Nintendo would. Uh, miss something like this that they wouldn't imply employ uh, user testing outreach to measure demand to see how much something like this would want like you'd think that they would have their fingers in all these analytics to understand these things because at the end of the day nintendo's a business and you still want to make that green so like obviously you want to know how many of these classic controllers from one of the best-selling systems that they've ever produced, they should make so that they can continue to make that that sweet, sweet money. But So I'm actually going to expand on that a little bit because I did see Nintendo actually closed down one of their global positions in LA from what I heard in the article. And that could be a testing site. I'm not saying it is, I'm not saying it's not. But that could have very well been where they were doing the testing to get product, to see interest, and now they lost one of their central locations, so they don't have as big of an insight as they once did. I'll give them that little cookie. I'm not too sure how that affects it. Again, I know the location closed. I just, I can't say where on the dotted line did it sign their death warrant? Nintendo always does their own thing their own way, and they they play by their own rules, and it it always seems like the decisions they make don't make sense from an outside perspective. You know, it's something we've experienced time and time again. I think at a certain point, as gamers, we eventually have to come to the point where we got to start giving them the, the kind of criticism that we you know, give Sony and Microsoft. I think at a certain point, we should be equal with that and come after major gaming articles and authors who seem to, who seem easily bribed to write rewarding reviews for Nintendo. I think that's a big problem too. It's it's hard because 
For me, Nintendo is such a big part of my childhood. I have such strong attachments to the games. And it's not even like I'm just looking back. Like, they're still making such good games. But then they're employing these practices which are so anti-consumer. You know, why, why am I unable to play these games which I've bought three times? Why do I have to subscribe to this online subscription to get access to these games? And yeah, there's the whole, like, it's interesting to me to think about games as artifacts, like they're going to age and they're going to phase out, but does it necessarily have to be that way? I don't know, but Nintendo's not helping by making these practices, which is just making it incredibly hard to not only find these games, but then just do other simple things, which we've grown accustomed to. You know, I just want a folder on my Switch so I can organize my stuff. I had it on my 3DS. Why Why can't I have it now? So I think everybody's just kind of quick to jump down Nintendo's throat. And I'm going to say it. I do the same thing for Microsoft. I'm going to, you know, clearly state that I'm in the wrong when it comes to Microsoft. And I'm using this defense for Nintendo. Don't incriminate yourself. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm being transparent here because while I will defend Nintendo and I will defend Sony, Microsoft, I will kick over a bridge. Okay, um, well, just just don't admit to any crimes. That's, that's you know, a key part of all of this. Oh, be gay, do crimes. I do that all the time. Yeah, but you don't tell people about it, Stephen. That's why it's fun. But now they don't know, and now they're going to try and find them. And when they do, well, honey, trying to convict me is another story because you'll never find it on camera. The allure is part of the allure. I fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, getting back on topic. Um, no, <laughs> I think we are so quick to jump down Nintendo's throat because it's easier to remember their failures. The Wii U, um, the Amiibo, even though Amiibo were out long before there was actual usage to them. It did drop because once it really started picking up steam, there wasn't enough stock, and that's another thing. I think I straight up disagree with that. I, When I think of Nintendo, I don't think of their failures. I think of all the good stuff that I love about it, and that's why I'm so frustrated. They've given me so many good things. They've given me that clear lime green Donkey Kong Edition N64, which I loved and I almost didn't want because my mom, when she gave it to me for Christmas, was like, well, you have to give your old Nintendo 64 to your brother. And me in my childhood brain was like, no, I want to keep my, my pokey black and gray Nintendo 64. They've given me Game Boys and all these things that I've taken with me, all sorts of fun. And I've got, I've got freaking Nintendo tattoos on my body. I love them so much and I just want I just want them to be better, you know? They're beloved. I agree with Matt. I think that it's not that I'm quick to jump down Nintendo's throat, it's just that we criticize other companies at a certain level that we give Nintendo a pass for, and that passiveness can sometimes warrant these oversights. I think it's good that we kinda get on them. So that they don't repeat these mistakes. We're becoming enablers. Mm -mm. So I agree. I think that's where I was going with my statement. Uh, we we do put them on a level where we do defend other companies because we see them do it. So where we do give Nintendo passes, we also judge other companies and so forth. So let me ask you this: We've 
I don't have the expansion pass. I believe you both do. Are you having fun with it? Have you played it? Like, what's your experience I've like with it? Playing Ocarina of Time. I was revisiting that classic. I was enjoying it. I just wish I had the same experience I have with the PC where I could play it at 60 frames, like a smoother frame rate and stuff like that. But for what it is, it's fun. Uh, the control schemes can be a little bit of a pain in the ass, but you know, you can get by, you can definitely, you can finish it off. It's not top tier experience for the game. I would still recommend you do it off an emulator so that you can have a smoother experience. The Sega, on the other hand, I think it was fine. I didn't have any troubles with Sega. So I actually were under my family plan, and I actually I have not played it yet. I'm waiting for the Animal Crossing stuff to kick in. That's where my real meat and potatoes is going to be, just because yummy, some of the, animals, uh, the new deer. Uh, there was another Asian-inspired animal that I hero. I just can I can I have my ninja themed island and I will be super duper happy. Um but no, my partner and I'm gonna not name him specifically on here just because we haven't really talked about naming him or you know, I can say we're together and whatnot. But anyway, um so he actually did go back and there was a Castlevania game neither of us have played on the Genesis. And he was excited as a pig and shit because we both didn't know about the story. And like now it's just like, ooh, this is cool. And it, not only did we relive having to go and put codes to get back to certain levels, but this was a whole new thing for us because we were like, oh, we didn't know about this story. Time to play this game. That makes me think about, it makes me go back to the, the days when the Wii was out and just them announcing all the games that were coming to the virtual channel that week. Gosh, the good old days. Do you remember how hard it was to find a Wii when it first came out? Oh my god, that was crazy. I I remember those days. Like that was, I really want to say the Wii really brought gaming outward because of the motion controls. Like everybody just, everybody wanted one. Everybody, everybody. And, you know, it kind of hurts my feelings because I did actually get to meet Triforce. You know, the I don't I don't know who or what that is. I'm sorry, Stephen. So Triforce was the first guy in America on the East Coast to buy a Wii. He actually stood in line in front of the Nintendo store, waited a long time. And I did the same thing for my Switch. You fucking like, nerd. <laughs> seriously. Now you know who the Nintendo fanboy is here. Hold on, guys. Hold on, because now I don't feel safe in my safe space. I'm sorry. I I take it all back. We love you, you fucking nerd. Continue. I'm teasing you guys. Um, No, Triforce was a big thing in streaming recently, um, but he was the first guy to buy the Switch. He I mean, the Switch. Like, Listen to me. Anyway, he was the first guy to buy the Wii, and he was on the news. He was on Channel 12 News. He was all over media as the first guy in America to buy the Wii, and, you know, he had this whole big flagrant story, why he was doing it, what's going on, and whatnot. And that's the first time people actually really got in. We knew about Pokemon, we knew about the anime, the N64 was a hit seller, Sega was pretty popular because of Sonic, but this was the first time things broke out into the media and on Channel 12 News, on Channel 11, whatever, wherever you were on the Eastern board, 
this man standing in New York City, dead cold winter, waited for the Wii, and he was on national TV. And, and you know that wait was worth it. Mm. I mean, that's great news. It's just unfortunate that that's still kind of happening with the PS5 Series X, even the latest GPU cards right now. And unfortunately, the people who did wait it online didn't get one because all the employees bought them out. This is a safe space, but not for scalpers. We hate you. Get out. We don't like you. I fucking hate scalpers. I take great joy anytime I see a post online of just commenting, like laughing at the scalpers. Like, I'm just going to call you out. I, I don't want to engage in internet negativity, but scalpers, no, you're a joke. Seriously. Perfect place in hell for you. Oh, that's a whole other separate level. Like Dante's Inferno has the nine levels of hell. There's an extra hidden tenth specifically for scalpers. I hope they're doomed to have Wi-Fi that never connects to their devices. You know what shocks me? There's not one U.S. law that protects consumers from scalpers when it comes to actual physical property. Like, it's so So, odd to me. We We have laws against ticket scalpers. We don't have anything on council scalpers or anything like that. I was, that's mind blowing to me. And not one lawmaker is talking about it. We need to get in touch with Elizabeth Warren. She will help us. Trust her. So actually, Amen. there is talk about it. There are some talks going on. They're not wildly heard about, but it is something people are trying to work upon. There was something in LA where somebody did reference what they did in the UK as well as in the Asian country, and they tried to push that into the American court system. And it didn't stick 100%. I think it was probably like 25% where they kind of were like, okay, we'll give you this little bit, but because somebody else did it first, we're not doing it. It was something silly. But it there is a push for it. It's not as hard-hitting as we want it to be, but we got to start somewhere. It's just petitions right now, honestly. All you see is just petitions. The UK had one lawmaker who was thinking about tackling it, but the UK is a completely Like, that's not my country right now. Right now, I'm concerned about the U.S. And, of course, I know our government sucks. The way everything functions sucks. But there's still good things. I still have access to an unlimited amount of cartoons via Netflix and Hulu and HBO Max. And I'm not going to say piracy. Piracy is bad, okay? Unless you're a Power Ranger, in which case, be a space pirate. Always. I would be a pirate, except for the fact that I probably would have really bad teeth. That's the deal breaker for me. Like, I'm I'm going to be on a boat. I'm going to grow my hair out. It's going to be, like, sexy, maybe, if the teeth are good. That's how I want to imagine it. Probably not like that. But at least there'd be booty. Ooh, tons of booty on every port. And all the booty. Yeah, it will be unclean booty. Not necessarily. Pirates with clean booties. Yeah. They live in the sea. They can just jump into the water and clean themselves. That's opening it up to another level. My brain is going in different directions here. I think uh, we should um, maybe uh, 
reel this one in a little bit because it's gonna get it's gonna get weird. <laughs> <laughs> so let me let me let me ask you guys a question. We were talking about Nintendo with their um we got onto the virtual console going back. I'm curious to know how often you guys actually replay a game. Uh if so, you know, what games they might be and follow up question and more importantly, will you be buying Skyrim when it comes out again for its 10th anniversary? Because there's fishing in it now, and that was that was how we got from point A to point B. See, fish? <laughs> we reeled it I in. see what you did. Really pulled an Isabel there. I was reading about my socks this morning, and I watched my favorite TV show about... <laughs> a documentary that put me to sleep and oh my god i video chatted with my parents last night and oh seasonal update here's some diy <laughs> but don't actually tell me anything important mm. oh dear i seem to be rambling again i'll let you get back to pulling your weeds can i just say that i loved isabel more before new horizons and i want to go back to that love of her so hopefully with this new update they'll give me somewhere else to funnel my love because Isabel's not it right now. I love her in Smash. I did enjoy her in New Leaf. I felt like there was a more of a connection. I am going to say I really miss Digby. I really, really miss my Digby. Digby, sure. Um, is he in a game that you replay? Tell me about that. Now that we've, you know, tangent on Animal Crossing. Um, so now that I this train is wildly off the rails... <laughs> Let's just live it up. Fucking chaos. I, I tried to do it, but you know what? Just open the floodgates. Sploosh. Seriously, on replay games? All right. I'll fucking start it. <laughs> so, so I used to have this thing where I do annual replays of OJRPGs from the late 90s. They would go from Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, 10. And even Parasite E, which is an old classic of Square. Every year, I could, I don't know why I go back into it, but it's kind of like reading your favorite book. Because remember, at that time, you had to go ahead and read through the dialogue. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was just like revisiting. I can revisit those worlds back to back to back because I would be in that adventure, want to know every part of the character's journey, every part of anything I missed. Is it primarily for games that you found yourself attached to characters that you wanted to spend more time with? Characters, story, and I don't know, that overall nostalgic love that I had that I can keep revisiting. I probably bought those games several times over the years, going from the PS3, the PS4, and even for the Switch when it came out for the Switch. I can keep going back to those games, and I don't know. I don't know what it is. It was just like I felt like their storytelling at that time was just masterpiece. They were so original for their time. Is this a tradition that you keep up to this day? I skipped over a year, but I did replay 9 and 8 for the Switch. I played it when they did the, the new enhancements. Hearing you talk about the emulators and stuff made me think of, I played uh, 7 for the first time this year, and having the access to the um, to be able to triple the speed, the couple of god mode, um, just turning off uh, random encounters 
I love that. Give me that kind of stuff. If I don't want to, if users don't want to engage with it, okay, great. But if they do, it's there. I don't see any harm in giving users more options. Nothing wrong about that, honestly. And you know what? They weren't bad. They weren't bad. I mean, everyone, you know, wants that remake. Obviously, that would take years. We're still waiting for part two for seven. That's why I went ahead and just played the original. I wanted to experience it. I'm like, I'm not, I, I don't need fancy graphics. Just, I want that story. My, my brother was so disappointed because when he played the new one, he thought it was going to be the whole thing. I told him, there's no way. I felt so bad. I was just like, no, it's only Midgard. But it's big. It's big. They like definitely big. expanded on it. Yeah. <laughs> but after he finished playing the game, he went back to the classic mm-hmm. to go ahead and get that full journey again. I, I honestly, it's funny that you bring up the uh, book analogy because for me, I don't often go back to books. And so going back to games feels like an even more significant investment for me because time is time is short and there's no shortage of good games these days like there's always something new i want to play um so what about you steven i want to i want to hear your opinion because um i'm not really a big replayer but i'm curious to hear other people's opinions on it because i find it interesting well actually i'm not either i more so just kind of go through the main story, get things done, do what I got to do, and kind of call it a day. But I will say one of my biggest games or one of the biggest hopes for the Switch was Wonderful 101 because I thought it was such a fantastic game on the Wii U. I felt like the Wii U didn't do it any justice. I mean, it did do it justice in, you know, being able to treat the game and gameplay properly. But the console didn't sell well, so I don't think the game really did as well as it could when the likes of Bayonetta, Devil May Cry, and all that other fun stuff. So I do like to go back for certain games. There are times when I want to do things, but um, for the most part, I'm a one-and-done kind of guy. I have been going back and playing Damon X Machina, and sometimes I'll find myself just jumping back into Smash Bros or doing other things. But I replayability, unless I have a draw to it like Star Fox, one of my favorite Nintendo franchises, I'm not gonna go back and play the story. One thing that also draws me back to a lot of the older games was the music. Like when I was playing when you play seven, eight to me, I enjoy what Nobuo Uimatsu actually did. Like what this man actually created. And then when you hear the full orchestra of it, to me it's magic. Like I get Bills. a feeling it, it it takes me to that world. Mm-hmm. Oh, another game that I also could do is Skyrim. Skyrim takes me to places, man. Let's just shout out for the Skyrim soundtrack. That's what we're here for. Yes. Speaking about replaying games, during the previous election, I played through Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Now that you guys have said music, I have to give a shout out to Tokyo Mirage Sessions because that's a game like just interbred all about the music because the whole premise is that you play as pop idols who are trying to save the world through song and dance while also fighting demons in an alternate dimension. I did replay it on the Switch and I enjoyed it a lot more. I hung around and I just I went further than I did the first time around because I enjoyed it much better playing it on my light switch than I did on my Wii U. Steven, did you play Skyrim? 
I didn't actually play Skyrim, so I'm the minority here. Okay, okay. Doug, you played it. I played the hell out of it. I, I, all right, so my first playthrough is always with the original story in vanilla mode with no mods. Then I have fun with my mods at the second play. I go all out. I never get a second playthrough of Bethesda games. You know, Fallout 3, I did it. I'm dead now. Skyrim, goodbye. I got all the powers. Fallout 4, I loved it. I'm not ever going to go back to it, which is weird because I'm, I'm the kind of player, like, I want to see every nook, every cranny. I want to read it all. But there's just so much that, it, to me, like, that idea of going back to replay something that intense is so overwhelming. I'm craving to go back and replay Red Dead Redemption 2, but... That took me months to play the first time. I actually replayed it for the PC when it came out. Yeah? Yes. And I'll tell you one thing. I, it doesn't take the joy away. All the feelings, everything is still there. Just with a smoother um, experience. All the things you can do on PC. I love the modifications. What people can do, especially what coders can do in general, is fucking amazing. Especially when you leave your software open source i love it when you can play final fantasy 15 with a fucking keyblade it's like it makes the game better for you i don't know uh so like i'm going through a game where i changed all my skins i'm actually playing voice of cards dragon isles i feel like it kind of detracts because while all my characters are dressed up as the near guys and they look like the near people and like it's all near now I kind of feel like it takes away from the overarching story. It takes away from everything else. So I kind of have to disagree a little bit there. Well, is that your first time playing through the game? Yeah. Well, that's why. Yeah. Do it your second playthrough, not your first. But I want my main character to look like Nier, and I want to have my creature look like a meal. And I'm not going to play through the game again. I'm sorry. It's one of those, I'm enjoying the story. I'm having fun with it. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play it a second time. I will be enjoying the multiplayer game functionality because that's actually pretty cool. But that's as far as it's gonna get. What else do we have, guys? What do we got going on? Well How was everyone's Halloween? How was everyone's Halloweener? My Halloween was super uh laid back. I consumed a lot of media. Um, it was my roommate's birthday, so him and I celebrated. I continued my now tri-yearly uh, tradition of seeing Halloween on Halloween. So I saw Halloween Kills. I was in the theater, and I was the only one in there. It was great. Then I came home, and my roommate just, he had gone out the day before. He had a little bit of a hangover, so we watched Hocus Pocus. Um, then he showed me one of his favorite movies from uh, when he was a kid called The Monster Squad. Have either of you guys heard of this? I have not. The Monster Squad. It's bonkers in the most nonsensical way. It's about classic movie monsters. There's a Dracula. There's a Frankenstein's monster. There's a mummy. And every hundred years, there's this gem that, I don't know, it, it shines and it, it uh, changes the balance of good and evil. To make a long story short, the the monsters, this is how they're... they're um, their gang is together. They're just quote-unquote monsters come to this town, this little town in the 80s, and these kids, this monster squad, have to stop them. And it's just... I'm not really explaining how nonsensical this plot is to you. Watch it. It's it's fun. It's 
bad 80s camp. I don't want to say it's bad. It's foolish. I have no words. I'm still, I guess I'm still processing it. Oh, and then I watched Chucky kill some homophobes. That was my Halloween. What'd you all do? You all probably did things. I sat for Halloween. I was actually pretty lazy. Like, all I did was, actually, we played video games. We went through um, Hyrule Warriors again, because now they released um, the two lab people. The guy who was infatuated with the ancient machinery, as well as the picture chick. I can't remember their names. Um, So they released the DLC for those two. So we've just kind of been pushing onward. And I got to play as my favorite bird husband, Rivali. But other than that, really didn't do anything. I slept in. I went ran an errand for a friend. And that was it. I did dress up for like four days beforehand. Because we could dress up at work. So I went every day I possibly could as a different character. And I celebrated that way. But then when it came to parties and all that, I was just kind of pooped. I was just like, eh. Doug, can you save us so far? We're pretty, uh, I'm just going to say we're pretty, uh, I know. Uh, well, I'm going to say, well, mine was a little more eventful. So on Saturday night, I went to Philly and went to this old prison that they built back in the 1900s. I've always wanted to go there. How was it? That uh, was actually, it was called penitentiary. Yes. Yes. That was actually pretty fun. So they converted, I don't know how, what do you call them? Um, Cells? Prison blocks into certain haunted um, haunted houses. And you go in there and they fucking scare you. They freak you out and stuff like that. But get this, we got the VIP section. We got the VIP Ooh. tickets. So they <laughs> offer us wine and another mixed drink. And it's free, mind you. So well, it's an extra good time. But what I love about it is, believe it or not, it's a cool hangout spot. They change it so that you can pretty much just sit around, heat up your marshmallows between a fire, and, you know, have spooky shit around you. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, You get some performances. Like, there was one girl who was um, uh, uh, spinning uh, fire rods around. We had a whole performance from a singer later on and everyone's dressing costume they're in character it's it, it was a really good time i'll say that maybe we would have pushed it a little bit earlier because when we got there it was at 10 o'clock because you got to get mm. your slots yeah it's a time slot i think for next year it would be a great experience for all of us to i i i want to manifest that right now i've wanted to do that for so long and um it's just one of those things. It never worked out. And it's one of those things like, didn't, I don't know when you got your ticket, but I always thought too late and they were always sold out. That's what happened to us. We, uh, we were going to go the week before that, but it was sold out completely. Mm. We only had three tickets left for the 10 o'clock slot. I mean, I knew we were pushing it, but we were, I guess, in a position where we could do it. And fucking amazing. I definitely recommend it for everyone. It's a cool, chill spot. You can hang out, you know, and you can see Al Capone's prison, like where he stood at. I'm still a little sad that I missed the opportunity, but do you remember when they had the haunted house here in the city called Blackout? Yes, I never got to go. I'm I'm mad that I didn't do it. That's the level my 
my fucked up brain is on that level. That's what I need. I need to be traumatized. That's what I kind of want too. I want to be scared. So, all right. So before you get in, you have the option to wear these rain lights around your neck. And that would indicate to the actors that you're okay with them going the extra mile with you. Of course, only, uh, like, I'm, I'm a madman, so of course I'm going to be like, yes, fuck me up. Yes. Fuck me up. That's what I wanted. But unfortunately, they go after always a person who's scared. So if yeah. you're scared, they're going to fuck with you. Like, you're, mm-hmm. uh, you're the target. What stood out to me about that haunted house is that you have to go through by yourself. That's that's what's scary to me. Like I I remember one Halloween, me and my then boyfriend went to we had this idea. Let's it'll be cute. Let's go to a haunted house on Halloween. Yeah, everybody had that idea. We sat in the car for like a half hour eating like candy before going in. But the standout memory was there was there was a few different attractions and there was one that was like partly indoor, partly outdoor. And as you got to the outdoor bit, it it was meant to evoke a forest and him and I got separated and trying to find my way through this, not having all my wits about me, not knowing what was going on. People are like trying to scare you. That was that's what I remember. It was scary. It was exciting. I want more like that. Because you're right, it's always the person that's freaking out, and that's the reason I, I won't go see horror movies, really, in theaters anymore. There's always the couple of people that scream, then everybody else giggles, and I'm just like, this is breaking the tension for me. That's the thing about it, is that I want to actually go to one that the reviews are just like, if you're brave, get ready, because this one's going to fuck you up. Mm-hmm. I think Netflix did a whole documentary on ha- haunted houses, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that would be worth looking at even though spooky season is over i'm i still kind of want i want no let's make november about like bleed through where it's okay to sort of keep watching spooky things but then you can start introducing like jolly things and they just kind of like bleed together and you like you'll watch the grinch like right in the middle and you slowly phase out scary you slowly phase in jolly it's like, I don't want to stop one right away, but it's also like gets rid of that like creep factor. Let's just let's just bleed them all together. You know, I, I, I want my mashed potatoes and my corn. And I just want to mix it together. I also did the parade for about two and a half hours, which wasn't bad. People were dressed. You know what I like is that, you know, how people are complaining that COVID is taking away your life. When you go into the parade, everyone's there and everyone's enjoying it. They still got that parade traffic. And I was actually excited to see that people were still in that mood, still in that feeling. And I saw a lot of cool costumes. My favorite was the Catwoman. There was this lady who actually dressed up as the Tim Burton Catwoman. Mm -hmm. And she had the entire outfit look perfect. She had that thing skin tight. I had to run after her and try to grab a picture of her. I was like, there's no fucking way. No, I need this. Do you know Michelle Pfeiffer in that scene where she um, whips the mannequin heads off? She did all three of those in one take, and, like, the whole crew was stunned. She, I'm stunned. Yeah, she did that. That's pretty cool. There's video uh, of it online. It, it, they show her, um, like, off screen, or somebody recording, not the film, and you, you hear the whip crack and the heads fall, and she goes, Boom, 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 boom. I don't know if it was three or four. 
it was impressive either way. That's yeah, definitely that's impressive. impressive. Yeah. I do want to second the whole bleed through November month because I listen to Nightmare Before Christmas music during this month. Like it's just half of it's Halloween, half of it is Christmas. We're in that nice little in-between world. So I second that. I do also have to say none of this ever went away. None of this ever stopped happening. Nothing really stopped. COVID may have put a huge dent in a lot of people's plans. But we never stopped being nerds. Conventions still happened. There was digital events going on. Um, people, we tried to strive. So, yeah, we complain, we bitch, we moan, but we fought. Speak for yourself. No, we fought because I interacted. I jumped on. I played League of Legends. God knows how many days out of the week. But we made it happen. I have my convention people that, you know, there were some days where it's just like, hey, you know, I actually kind of miss seeing you this year. Or, you know, can you believe we haven't mm-hmm. seen you all two years or whatever? Like, we reached out and the communities helped each other, one another. Even now, um, as we're starting to get back into things slowly and slowly, there, I'm going to give a shout out to Jeremy, who does the whole cosplay thing on Twitch. And he's bringing people together. You know, a lot of these people, a lot of these contestants are all over the United States and here he's bringing together on a platform to really showcase their work to show, Hey, just because you didn't see me at New York comic-con doesn't mean you're not going to see me. I'm here. I'm fantastic. This is my costume. I, I'm not, I wasn't talking about that specifically. What I'm talking about is like huge gathering of people. Like it was just, um, felt like the anxiety wasn't as intense. Maybe it's a little premature to say it's still because not everyone's vaccinated, but I know New York City in general is doing pretty well. So it's just nice to see that. Well, yeah, like I was saying, you know, um, just because conventions stopped doesn't mean they stopped. There were still digital conventions and whatnot, and I myself have been to two, three different conventions since the world has started to reopen up and things have started to really fall into place piece by piece so it's still like people are warming up people are still acting smart and people are doing things even for new york comic-con people did for the most part keep their masks on and try to adhere to it um there was even a policy where you couldn't enter in without a mask on your face but little strides i mean this is a big stride but little strides here and there I did miss all my fun events that, you know, I normally do, like jumping into a giant cereal bowl. Oh my god, the the, the booth that had all the, the pug plushies, and then it had, had the pugly, uh, what's his name, pugly, and it had the, the, the pugs hanging from the thing, and they just gave you, like, 16 of them. I was living for it. I was so happy. I love that thing. I love that damn little pug dog. God damn it, I love it so much. I miss seeing all those weird, fun, cool things. Next year, next year. I have said, and I maintain this uh, viewpoint, that the reason all of this happened was March of 2020, or maybe it was February, PAX East happened, and there was, and you can look it up, 
a booth for Animal Crossing New Horizons, and it was just, like, the universe knew, like, nothing is ever going to top this, so let's just end it all now. And so it gave us it gave us COVID, and it's like, nah, conventions, nah, you, you, you hit your apex, we're done. No more, no mas. Ah, uh, remember... Prove it to science, you can look it up. You remember when we went to PAX? That was a fun adventure, that was a fun trip. That'll be another thing we do. We were just talking about going to the penitentiary. Now let's let's let us also do that. Although PAX isn't returning this year, we'll have to go. It's digital, so we'll have to go in the future. I would be love my first time. Love it, love it. Let's pop that cherry. It's it's such a fun convention. It it really is. There's so much to do, so much going on, and you just you really have to like give it some time to mm-hmm. really do its thing. I I would love to go back. I really, I would. Um, I want to plan for another PAX trip because it's that was fun. That was enjoyable. Yeah, let's let's manifest that now. Let us men manifest and get all that good masculine energy upon our bodices and bring it forth from our souls up through our throats back down our th- I this is this is called getting lost in a corn maze I'm going to end that before it got a little I'm just going to end that I I I I can censor myself there a little bit but I'm so glad we got to talk tonight y'all this was such a good time we always have fun we always uh, have fun is that what we're planning on calling it for the night I think that's a great way to end us talking about ending it. I love that energy for us. It's so meta. <laughs> like, let's oh. just people can see our rough edges, you know. No, I think it's very fitting. I think it's fun. So, with that, uh, do any of you guys have a question for our listener fan base that is yet to explode? Um, any kind of thoughts you want to provoke, or what they expect or hope for us going forward? what you know people would like to hear about in the future i just want to know who our first fan is going to be type your name i hope it's um the skyrim granny i don't know why she's so awesome that would be that would be the coolest thing well there you go she's got her own personal shout out from the two of you so (laughs) yeah i'm gonna slowly bow out ungracefully here (laughs) I'm going to bow out gracefully, but it's not actually going to look graceful. It just looks graceful in my mind. There you go. Uh, With that, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, Again, I'm your host, Steve Vixen. You can find me on every platform with that hashtag. Capital S-T-E-E-B-I-X-E-N on all social media. Uh, Do you guys want to plug yourselves in, or we're just going to leave it with the gamer ID? Follow us at Gamer ID Dugout. Well, you know, if I have the option to keep talking, I'm always gonna do it because I I hate saying that I like the sound of my own voice, but I I'm not gonna say that I do. But I entertain myself, and 
I just want to say before I keep talking, ciao babies, ciao my babies, ciao my ciao babies. Remember Chows from Sonic Adventure Two? Of course. We'll talk about that some other time. We'll put a pin in that one. Yeah.